Welcome to Reflection on Plum. In this episode, I talk about Genesis 3, where sin enters the world through one man, Adam, and God's response. Genesis 3 brings us to what is called the fall. It's the introduction of sin into the world through that one man called Adam. We don't know how long Adam and Eve lived in the paradise of the Garden of Eden, but we learn here that it came to an end and how it ended. In verse 1, we are immediately introduced to the serpent. What's the first thing you think about when you hear serpent? pretty green snake dangling from the branches of a tree. A lot of people have a problem with this chapter precisely because they have the same view. They dismiss this event as myth or folklore because, seriously, who ever heard of a talking snake? So let's talk about this snake for a minute. First, let it be known that I have never had a problem with the idea of a talking snake in the Garden of Eden. Remember what I said in Genesis 1, God created. If God created the world, the universe, everything in it, then he most certainly could have created a talking snake. Quite frankly, after the sun, the moon, and the stars, oh, and man, I feel like a talking snake would have been no big deal. But what we also learn as the chapter progresses is that the serpent isn't your ordinary garden variety snake. While it's compared twice in the chapter to beasts of the field, meaning that it probably did have some sort of animal form, we also learn that the snake is also known as Satan. The serpent has also been compared to the serpent of Revelations 12:9, And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. So here's the question. Was the serpent in the Garden of Eden actually a dragon? It would make more sense when God gives the curse. On your belly you will go. If the serpent were a dragon as opposed to a snake, which already goes on its belly. And Revelations isn't the only dragon mentioned in the Bible. Job 41 talks about Leviathan, which de- is described as a sea monster, but look at how else it's described. His sneezings flash forth light, and his eyes are like the eyelids of the dawn. Out of his mouth go flame- flaming torches, sparks of fire leap forth. Out of his nostrils come forth smoke, as from a boiling pot and burning rushes. His breath kindles coals, and a flame comes forth from his mouth. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a dragon to me. Now I say all that only to say, I don't think it's really important as to what kind of serpent physically we're talking about. At least I don't think so. It's the cunning part, the part that says this is Satan, the enemy. So Satan convinces Eve that eating the fruit of the tree will not kill her, and that she'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And let's face it, who doesn't want to be like God? I mean, he has all the answers. He's immortal, and I bet his knee doesn't ache on a daily basis. Now, people like to blame Eve for what happened in the garden, but throughout Scripture, it's clear that Adam ultimately bears the responsibility for sin and death entering the world. In the New Testament, Romans 5.12 Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. Why does he bear the responsibility? Let me speculate for a minute, and if someone has a better explanation, let me know. First, Adam is told in Genesis chapter 2, verse 12, that he shall not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But it's not until verse 22 that God makes Eve. So the question is, did God tell Eve the same thing, or was that Adam's responsibility? Scripture doesn't say, but she obviously knew because she told Satan in Genesis 3.3 that it was off-limits. Second, when God discovers their 
their transgression, he confronts Adam. Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Is Eve blameless? Of course not. But the responsibility lays at Adam's feet, and that's where we need to keep it as well. So what are the consequences? Well, there are four things that occur next. First, God curses Satan. I already mentioned the part about on your belly you will go in the earlier discussion about dragons. But the second and more important part, at least to me, is what people have termed the Proto-Evangelium, or First Gospel. It's one verse, 15, but it's made up of two parts. Part 1 says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. Now I did a search on Bing, and there appears to be two main thoughts about this. There are those who say her refers to Virgin Mary, since part 2 refers to her son Jesus. But there are also those who say her refers to Eve, and that's the camp I fall into. As we progress through the Old Testament, we're going to discuss an ongoing struggle between fallen angels, your offspring, and mankind, her offspring. Part 2 says, He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. This simply prophesies Christ's victory over Satan. The second thing that happens is that God multiplies the woman's pain and childbearing and shatters the idea of harmony between husband and wife. Not only will her desires be different than his, but his will be the ones that win. The third thing that happens is that God curses the ground that Adam was taken from. Adam is told that in pain he will work the ground in order to eat from it until he returns to that ground. As a side note, I find it interesting that in both, it is in their labor that their pains will be increased. Finally, the fourth thing that happens is God shows compassion to Adam and Eve, despite his displeasure with them. He shows us by doing two things. The first thing he does is he clothes them with garments of skin to cover their nakedness. Prior to eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they had been innocent and didn't realize they were naked. So apparently, shame was also a consequence of eating from the tree. The other thing that God did was drive them out of the Garden even Eden. Now, one might think, how is that compassionate? Verse 22 kind of gives us the answer. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Now let's back up for just a minute. One of the questions I've heard people ask is why did God put the two trees in the garden if they weren't supposed to eat from them? I've asked that question myself in the past, but I've come to understand that they probably were intended to eat from the trees, both of them, just not yet. They probably weren't ready, and we're not told what that time frame was. It certainly wasn't on the time frame that they chose, so whatever gift they were supposed to get, they probably got the opposite. So why was it compassionate of God to send them out of the garden? Because sin has entered the world. Adam and Eve are both fallen beings now, and if they ate of the tree of life, they would live forever in that fallen state. Unfortunately, they need to die in order to be raised up later in the resurrection when they will no longer be in their fallen state. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, like, whatever it is, depending on where you listen from, because that helps get the word out about this show. You can also share this with your friends and family. If you have any questions or comments, you can contact me directly on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I appreciate you taking the time to listen and hope you'll be back for the next episode.